Welcome back to the Writer's Nook Podcast. I'm Hannah Bauman, editor and writing coach. And I'm Leah Chason, a fantasy and romance writer. Today is the last episode of season two of the Writer's Nook Podcast. Hannah and I both have a busy spring ahead of us, and it's good to take a break sometimes. Yes, we've already got some episode ideas for season three, but that won't be coming out until probably sometime in the summer. I won't make any promises right now. Uh, That being said, we will be making a special announcement about that on both social media and through a mini podcast update episode. So make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to get that update. With that out of the way, let's move on to today's topic, working with critique partners and beta readers. This is super fun. If you're in the online space, you've probably come across writers talking about their critique partners or asking for applications for beta readers. But what exactly are these roles and how do they fit into writing and publishing processes? Beta readers, who I will probably call betas from here on in, are people who volunteer to read your manuscript pre-publication. These super lovely, super awesome individuals read through your manuscript from a reader's perspective. This is great to get feedback from your target audience and highlight things that readers may or may not like about your story. Critique partners, on the other hand, are other writers that you'll buddy up with. You'll swap manuscripts with your critique partner and you'll offer each other more technical feedback from a writer's perspective. As you can imagine, feedback from a critique partner is way different than feedback from a beta reader. They're both important, but they're not the same thing. And I would like to take a moment to point out that neither critique partners nor beta readers are the same thing as a professional editor. Like every industry and every job, professional editors have specialized training and work with your manuscript in a very specific way. Most of the time, beta readers and critique partners are not trained editors, and that is perfectly okay. As Leah said, they are really important roles and betas and critique partners are an amazing tool at your disposal but i just want to make sure everyone understands that their manuscript has not been edited by a professional because they worked with a beta or critique partner i agree and in my time i have worked with all three and i can attest that every situation offered wildly different results not bad results all were very good they were just very different It's okay if you don't have the money for a professional editor, but don't assume that anybody else can do that job. Exactly. I have worked with all three as well on various projects. Well, my critique partner is from my critique group that I run in person in real life. Uh, Same function, though. And it's always so interesting to see the different types of feedback you get from each different role, um, which just reinforces that they're all different and equally important. So, what exactly do beta readers and critique partners help you with? Let's break it down. All right, so beta readers, as betas, as we've said, are people examining your manuscript from the perspective of a reader. They're like a litmus test of how the market might react to your book. Betas will point out weaknesses in your manuscripts from plot holes to confusing characters. They can easily get a feel for what's not working or what might be missing. I had betas try to ship a father figure with my main character once because I did not clarify that he was much, much older. They pick up red flags, but they don't have the solutions. Yes, Uh, and they also might point out a few typos that you missed while self-editing, which is always a bonus. 
As for critique partners, they can help you more with the craft and technical side of your story, including maybe some of those solutions um, that betas may not have. Uh, critique partners will help you refine your voice, point out awkward wording, and kind of revise your story idea and your plot and all that to make it the best version of itself. And you can find both betas and critique partners pretty much anywhere. Like Hannah says, she has an in-person group that she connected with. But if you don't have that, the internet is obviously a popular place. You can, of course, ask a trusted friend or colleague, but they might not be as honest or as constructive. Judge your own relationships for yourself to see if these people could be a good fit. Personally, I cannot ask my husband to read for me because I get super defensive when he brings anything up. Basically, I expect only praise from him when I shouldn't. Hey, that's fair. Someone has to be only offering you praise in such a sensitive process. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, my fiance, he's very supportive of anything that I want to do, but he is not a reader, especially not like fantasy novels. So I would never ask him. I would not even ask him to be a beta reader. That's just how it is sometimes. That being said, don't be afraid to hold like kind of a mini interview with a potential beta or critique partner. These people are not only seeing an unfinished of your story, but you do need that honest, constructive, but still positive feedback. You want to make sure you trust these volunteers' opinions and input and that they're not going to be like super, super mean. I think it's just better to talk to someone about that, right? Um, so taking the time to Skype with them, chat over coffee if you live in the same town, or exchange emails is not a bad thing. And if you're looking for a critique partner, you may want even want to exchange samples of your story just to make sure that you're a good fit for each other. I remember my first beta experience. I found many of my beta readers through a blogging group that Hannah and I both belong to. It was like geek girls, bloggers or something like that. And a lot of them were book bloggers. Oh, that's a, th that's a th throwback. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. But since we had that, that foundation and that connection and I knew what they liked, it was easy to find readers that I could connect with. You're going to want to make sure that your betas read your genre. They're like a small focus group for your intended audience. When I worked with beta readers, I didn't bombard them with a whole manuscript, but sent chapters like weekly installments, kind of like you have webtoons. That way I could send a small worksheet along with it and it didn't overwhelm anybody. The worksheet... Oh, that's a good idea. Yes, and it's super easy to draft. I bet. This worksheet helped the beta readers identify what wasn't working. And I asked how they felt about the chapter, if the characters were believable, and which characters they loved and hated. Of course, there were more questions. I can't list them all here. Yeah, but that's, that's a really good way to do it. I like that process. Break it down and provide a feedback worksheet. Love it. With critique partners, though, you probably don't really need to do as much prep, I, I would say. They're much more professional about it, though you may have to wait a little while because critique partners are often busy and having a giant manuscript is a lot of work. So connect with other writers, chat with them, and show them that you are trustworthy and respectful because critiquing is a two-way street. It's, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. That being said, when is the right time to start working with betas and critique partners? So personally, I'm not going to send a first draft to anybody. If anything, I want to make sure I've run out of options before I send it off. I want to have exhausted myself on the manuscript. That also means giving yourself time to rest between drafts and consuming other media in the meantime. 
When you approach a beta reader or a critique partner, they will never be able to look at the work with fresh eyes again. Every time they read it, they're going to take in less and less of it. It's like when we do the dishes and we start to zone out because we're familiar with the process. Sending out my manuscript to betas or critique partners at a late stage means I don't have to risk people missing things because I'm forcing them to read every consecutive draft after. That makes a lot of sense. I definitely would not use the same person for the same story multiple times um, because we just start to miss things and that's part of being human. On a similar note, you don't want to overuse any tools no matter how great they are. So while betas and critique partners both provide invaluable feedback, um, if you invite too many different people into this role, you're going to receive a lot of contradictory feedback and suggestions that could just make revisions completely impossible because you won't know what to do. Too many cooks in the kitchen is never a good thing. You want to make sure you're asking people who would genuinely read your book were it published. These are the people who would offer the best insight. And remember, at the end of the day, it's your manuscript. If a piece of advice doesn't feel right, take a step back. Anyone can offer advice, but only you can fix your manuscript. If readers are pointing out the same issue over and over, but offering different solutions, then you know there's a problem. You don't exactly have to follow their advice, but you do have to fix what's causing people to pause. That's a very good point, and I just want to reiterate it again. Anyone can offer advice, but only you can fix your own manuscript. If you want to work with a critique partner, I'd personally suggest working with no more than two. Critique partners will offer in-depth reviews of your work. If you have four people looking at the manuscript and sending massive amounts of feedback, then it can just get overwhelming. Narrowing this down to two people doesn't hinder your process and keeps your head above water. Besides, people are busy, then not everyone has the time to critique manuscripts for all of their writer friends. I am one of those horribly late readers. Yeah, as I mentioned, um, I run a critique group here in Raleigh, um, where I live, and we only do one critique once a month, and we limit the like number of words that each writer can put up for discussion. But outside of that structure, I am also a super late reader because I have, you know, four or five client projects also going on at the same time. So you would probably never want me as your critique partner. Just going to throw that out there. As for beta readers, um, I would suggest working with no more than four to five on a given manuscript. I've seen some industry sites suggest recruiting like literally several dozen, which in theory could work. You know, in my experience with my editing clients, that doesn't go well for the writer. I've had people be like, oh, I had, you know, 15 beta readers before I'm sending this to you. And, you know, it ends up confusing them. It's a lot to manage. Having too many is a lot of feedback. It's just too many cooks in the kitchen. So if you do want a large pool, I think Leah has a good solution for that that we talked about before recording. Like we've mentioned before, having the same people look at your manuscript over and over, they're going to start to lose things. If you want several rounds and you want a robust number of beta readers, the good idea is to put them into groups. Give your manuscript to three betas, implement their feedback, and then give that revised draft to the next three betas, and so on. 
We still wouldn't recommend dozens and dozens, kind of beating a dead horse at that point. But limiting the number on each draft is a good way to test your revisions on fresh eyes. Another helpful tip would be to provide both betas and critique partners that list of questions and concerns um, Leah kind of hinted at earlier. Um, If you don't have any right off the bat, that's okay, but sometimes a questionnaire is really helpful, especially for betas. If I can find mine, even if I can't find it, I'll mock up a new one and send it over to Hannah so she can post it in the show notes. So when I did this with an old manuscript, I did do a quick Google search for a beta reader questionnaire, and then I tweaked it to simplify it and and made it better fit my needs. Betas might have a really amorphous idea of what they did and didn't like about your manuscript, but if you guide them through questions, they'll be able to better describe their feelings. I also wanted to briefly bring up sensitivity readers. They aren't really talked about enough. Oh, yes. Agreed. These are readers who will look at your nearly finished work to pick out harmful stereotypes that have made their way into your manuscript. If you're writing about a black girl, ask a black female identifying sensitivity reader to look at your work. This can be done for all sorts of identities and subjects, and they will often ask for payment, like a freelance editor. And they deserve it. Sensitivity readers help prevent you from causing harm and proliferating stereotypes that just shouldn't exist anymore. Yes, do it for really any subject that you just want to be extra careful with. Race, religion mental illness and trauma, just to name three right off the top of my head. Sexual orientation, representation of pretty much any diverse group is is good to have a sensitivity reader, I think. And similarly, so as a freelance editor, I belong to an organization in the U.S. called the Editorial Freelancers Association. And anyone who's a dues-paying member can list their services on the site and you can go there and you can search the database and sensitivity reading is a service that is offered on there. I can't vouch that these people have been vetted, but it is a, just a place for you to start looking for sensitivity readers if you're interested. Um, and I will include the link to that database in the show notes as well to help you get started. So before we wrap up the episode and the season, And with that, I think we're officially at the end of season two of the Writer's Milk podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning into our show. It's pretty cool that we have listeners all over the world. It really is. Um, Every time I look at our analytics and I see people literally on the other side of the world from Little Raleigh, North Carolina, um, I'm just blown away. We see all of you and we appreciate all of you and we cannot wait to chat with you more we will be announcing season three in the next couple of months in the meantime if you'd like to suggest a topic for the show we would love to hear your ideas you can email them to us at podcast at btleditorial.com or tag us on social media at writers nook pod you can also follow us and email us just for fun if you are so inclined Yes, we want to know what you think. And I guess with that, we will see you all in a couple of months. Bye.
thanks to Purple Planet Music at www.purple-planet.com for our intro and outro music.